What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to Skates at the Stakes, episode 121 of the Kyle Palmieri plus 100 episode. The Islanders have not left a game without getting at least a point now. Uh, 201 after 3. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty satisfied. We are once again recording live in the uh, AJ Studios. The boys who are sitting right next to me. How are we doing? Ryan, kick it off to you after the overtime loss to the New Jersey Devils. Hey guys, welcome to the pod tonight. Excited to have you guys on. Uh, thanks for bearing with us last episode. I know my voice was shot. Um, you know, got some feedback on that. But we were at the Islanders and Devils game tonight. Very happy about how that went. Uh, I guess pretty happy about how that went. I wouldn't say very happy, but it was an awesome comeback. And, um, you know, the team still never says die. And we got some big goals out of our first and second line center. So it was cool. It was a good game. Uh, we also beat Arizona this week. We're going to go into that a little bit. You know, a little bit of a sleepier game. I was also at that game. But, you know, a win is a win. Um, if you had told me going into the season, then our first three games would come out of it with five points and don't look bad in any of the games, I take it any day of the week. So I'm really happy with how the team's performing so far, and uh, let's see if we can carry the momentum going forward. But uh, without further ado, Jake, how you doing, pal? Yeah, out of a six, like you said, six possible points. We have five. Uh, we wanted to start hot, like we've been saying. That's a good way to do it. Um, we'll break both games down. Uh, we were able to beat the Coyotes this year, which we we were not, we couldn't do last year. So that's a good thing, and. We played a very good Devils team and took a point, uh, which I don't think you're going to complain about. And they have the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow, so I think things are looking up. I'm pretty happy with, with everything. Yeah, I thought it looked really, really good against the New Jersey Devils tonight. We gave up not a single goal on 5v5, which is sort of an issue, but also not an issue at the same time. Yeah, it was definitely a weird game. I mean, like... You know, we played, we outplayed the Devils, I guess probably not on shots, but for the most part at 5-on-5, five five, we looked really aggressive. We played a very effective style against the Devils. We just kept hitting them and hitting them and hitting them until we hit the second and third period where they kind of gave up when they weren't on the power play. But, you know, I don't complain about officiating often. Um, I think the officiating was suspect, probably on both sides. I heard a little bit of shouts for, like, us committing some more penalties than we did which is fine you know that's kind of the way things go with bad officiating you hear from both sides but the officiating getting five power plays going their way to two going ours was a little suspect especially with some blatant calls towards the end but hey we we outplayed them at five on five we played a great game we got a goal with the empty net that that never happens for the islanders so that was really cool uh but yeah we could get more into the devil's game first before we go into the yotes game yeah, I mean, at the end there, I don't know how that wasn't a penalty on Paul Mary. They would have had a power play in overtime, which, you know, obviously would have helped a little bit. But um, on that, we will break it down. Uh, UBS Arena, the goaltending matchup was Akira Schmid versus Ilya Sorokin. And 12 minutes in, uh, Brock Nelson scored his second of the year, assisted by Pierre Engvall and Kyle Palmieri. That's what I call perfection, because, you know, the perfection line. With a minute to go on one of their power plays, which will be a theme, Dougie Hamilton scored his third. That was assisted by Timo Meyer and Schmid. Uh, 20 seconds into the period, starting off hot, Tyler Toffoli got his first goal on the power play. That was assisted by Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. His first is a devil. A minute later, Brock Nelson got his second of the game. Third of the season, that was assisted by Kyle Palmieri. Both of those guys are winning the Islanders in points with four. Palmieri has a goal and three assists, and Brock has three and one assist. And then a minute after that, it was another power play. The Honors just could not stay out of the box tonight. We'll break that down a little more, but 
Luke Hughes for this first of the season, assisted by Brett and Jack Hughes, the Hughes brothers. Again, not, not insufferable at all. And a few minutes later, a really nice play by the new identity line. <laughs> Matt Martin, Bo Horvat, Kyle Clutterbuck. But yeah, very nice play for Martin to get it to Dobson. Um, Dobson passed it to Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat loves weird angles. Scored again. It kind of went off Schmid. I couldn't really tell at the start, but after looking at the replay, it kind of went off him and then because he was trying to get over. But, you know, that's Bo's first of the year. Very happy about that. Um, third period, Jack Hughes got his third on, you'll never guess, the power play. That was assisted by Jesper Bratt and Andre Palat. Uh, we had a power play with four minutes ago. Nothing really happened. Had a few good looks. And then the second power play, which has been absolutely atrocious, did nothing. Um, we pulled our uh, net. Um, I believe Paul Mary started it. Got it to Barzell, went off his hand. Lee had a shot. Saved. And Horvat put it in for his second of the year. And game, obviously. They get a point. We push it to overtime. 4-4. We'll take that every time. I mean, like we said, that was a very good team. You need these early points against a division opponent. That's a huge one. Especially because, you know... A minute left in the game, it was, you know, we were supposed to get zero points. So, that, regardless of what happens, and, yeah, I saw it coming. We're not a good three-on-three -three team. The Devils are one of the best. So, I kind of saw the inevitable happening, but it's very important to get that point. Um, Anders had some few chan uh, had a few chances a few minutes in with Horvat and Barzell and Dobson. I thought they looked very good. Uh, Pulak had a shot and went to the uh, 300s. That shot was so high. But I believe it went off Dougie. Um, him, Pajor, didn't really get going. Jack Hughes had the puck. I believe Pulak gave him a little too much time. He scored his second of the game, fourth of the year, and that was assisted by Timo Meyer and John Marino. So the Devils won 5-4 uh, in overtime to push their record to 2-1-1. One, and, one. and the Islanders dropped that one to 2-0-1 for third in the Metro. Thanks for the breakdown there, Jake. So we appreciate that. Uh, me and AJ were in the building tonight, and honestly, that was probably the best vibes going into an Islanders game since um, probably either the late insanity run last year where we were pulling off those really good comebacks. It felt like the vibe going into the game was overwhelmingly positive. A lot of happy fans. You normally see people grunting and groaning about the Islanders. <laughs> people were pretty happy. So, you know, it was good vibes in the parking lot, the Emerald lot at UBS Arena as we walked in, and... Uh, we had a good experience with the game. We scored, you know, the Devils had the momentum early. We scored Brock. You know, Brock Tober is just hot right now. It's so much fun existing during this, the time on, uh, the same time on earth as Brock Nelson does because he's absolutely fantastic and I love watching this guy play hockey. Uh, the first goal by Dougie, you know, well, to break it down, Sorokin makes a save of the year candidate on Hughes in the first period. Hughes had like a total breakaway where he should have scored on Sorokin. He went left. Uh, Sorokin went left, Hughes went right, Sorokin went right, Hughes went left again, Sorokin went left, and then Hughes went to go get a hot dog because uh, he put it on the right side and Sorokin saved it out of the air. So that was great. Uh, not so great. Sorokin let in a five-holer to Hamilton. It was fine. You know, if he's saving two goals that should go in and one that, you know, is 50-50, it's fine to miss that every now and then, but... It's fine. And then we go into the second, you know, we go out to the terrace, everything. We come back. And before everyone's back in their seats, the Devils score again. So that was really frustrating. But the Islanders don't quit. This team doesn't really say die. Uh, Brock comes back, I think, scores the second goal of the game. 
and we just keep the pressure on it. The Devils are going to the power play. They're scoring, but the Islanders aren't quitting at 5-on-5. Five five. It felt like going into the third that the identity line hit him enough. You know, Bo, when Bo came out, it was really funny. I was sitting with AJ there, and I noticed Bo was out on the ice with Clutterbuck and Martin. I look at AJ, and I say, Horvat's going to score here. And then Horvat, like, you know, perfect timing by Matt Martin to go to Dobson, but... Horvat puts in the back of the net first of the year. I felt all week off season. Once he gets that first goal, Bo Horvat's gonna go fishing. He's gonna score a ton of goals this season. So you know, we'll we'll see how true that holds. But later one period, you know, the Devils are able to go back one ahead of us, and Horvat's able to get his second of the game. Uh, absolutely wonderful stuff from Bo. Um, really has a goal scorer's touch around the net. He doesn't score the easiest of ones, but it seems like everything he has has a little flair, a little finesse. And, you know, he might be back on track as a goal scorer. Leaving the game tonight, you know, I'm, I'm still a little upset that we weren't able to pull off the win because we did have it in overtime. Um, Barzal made a great move across the crease, left the puck for Horvat, but Jesper Broad made a great play. Uh, when Brat was able to get it away from the crease, like Horvat, you know, he wasn't able to tuck it in, and then the Devils go back the other way in a couple minutes, and Hughes puts in the back of the net. So it was fine. I, I was overall like a fan of the Islanders' performance night. The penalties are a big problem. We were definitely missing Scott Mayfield in a very physical game on our end. Uh, we could have used Scotty throwing the body a little bit more too, but. Overall, the penalties killed us at the end of the day. We have to work on minimizing those, but against a team that's a little bit quicker on foot speed, like the Devils, you're going to commit more fouls than you want to. Uh, but I'll pass it over to AJ. AJ just broke down like the... Yeah, I was very pleased with how the Islanders played. I thought we looked very well. Though we played well. There were some issues, like, I know the penalty kill was bad. It's fine. It's going to happen when you play an elite caliber team like the New Jersey Devils. Very, very happy with how they played 5v5. Only issues were really Simon Holmstrom and Anders Lee tonight. I thought Anders, he's been stinking up the joint once again. Uh, we really need a big game out of him. So we'll see what he does against Buffalo, but I'm very happy with Bo Horvat. Wasn't his best game. He still put up two goals, so you really can't complain. I felt like he kind of... I, I know we're going to take this from the Yankees, but I felt like he kind of earned his pinstripes tonight very... You know, wasn't the prettiest game, but he did the job that we're paying him to do. Barzal was great. Engvall, I know Frank, a uh, friend of the podcast, Frank, was mad at him for slipping and pulling a Steven Gerrard in overtime. He's given everything that you could have asked for, and then some. I'm not going to be mad at the guy for making one mistake. Playing 110% each and every shift. Great four-checker. I could live with that with how he's been playing. I think we all can agree with that here, right? Yep. Did did we yep. do a shout out for Espo for his birthday? Uh yeah, we have to do that now. Shout out, uh, friend of the podcast, great friend of the pod, uh, Matt Esposito. Happy birthday. Yep, good friend of the pod. We saw him tonight at the game. You know, the vibes in UBS Arena were good, even though there were a lot of Devils fans. There's always that little son of Lamarello sons of Lamarello thing where the Devils are lower on the totem pole rival for us, you know. They're not really in the top three between the Penguins, Leafs, Rangers, kind of triumvirate, and then you can have a tier of rivals below. I think a game like tonight and some of the games we've had against the Devils last year puts a little juice on the fire, but, you know, it, it's still far off from where we're probably going to be with the Devils once we get a playoff series or two against them in a couple of years. 
um, you know, and just hoping that so at some point it would break right and we cross paths with the Devils. But I feel confident that, you know, in the game where they put the whistles away and the game gets kept to 5v5, so a.k.a. an NHL playoff game, a real hockey game, uh, then the Devils are going to struggle a little bit more against us. But in the power play contest, they uh, they pulled the Rangers and they were power play merchants, so that that was a little frustrating. But not, not no, no disrespect to the Devils, you have to put the goal away on the power play. Yeah, I think you said that very well. There's a chance they, they honestly might be the next power play merchant Rangers. I think they will be very good 5-on-5, five five, but they've only scored three goals, I think, at even strength this year, which is just nuts to think about. Yeah, no, it's crazy to think about. I mean, it's a good Devils team. It's well-constructed, but Tyler Toffoli and guys like that that they've acquired, Timo Meyer, they're not giving you too much in the defensive end. Um, I know Nico Heischer got hurt during the game, hoping that he's going to recover. We don't like to injure players because I don't think overall, like, the Islanders are a dirty team. Like, we were watching the game tonight, and almost every hit the Islanders were giving the Devils was right between the numbers, um, unless they had their head down or something, not to do the, you know, um, player safety thing. But overall, I think we're a pretty clean team for when we're hitting people. And, um, you know, Jack Hughes just had one of those performances. That Hughes performance tonight... Um, MVP, I, I hate to I hate to poke the bear, but that, you know, a lot of people say Crosby owns us. I've never seen Crosby do what Hughes did to us tonight because he was really, really good. Uh, maybe Scott Mayfield stops that in the future. Probably probably not. Um, Breaks his rib. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say anything about Bolduke. Bolduke was a little frustrating tonight. He looked lost at points, but, you know, didn't make any mistakes because he doesn't play on the penalty kill. But stronger minutes at 5v5 from him could have been the difference in the game. Yeah, that third pair is a little... Not, not as good as it was the other day. Yeah, we'll get into the Arizona game in a minute, but uh, Sebi was a little bit of a step down from where he's been recently, too. Everyone, I'm happy with how they played, don't get me wrong, but I felt it was a very sloppy game. I know a lot of people felt the same way about that, which is fine. I think the one thing I did pick up on was all the mistakes. They were going upwards towards the ice and not staying in our zone like if we were gonna make a bad pass it was gonna be in the neutral zone if we weren't clearing the puck at least it was going into an okay space and it wasn't going right to the other guy's stick uh there was that one shift that really sucked from Horvat not to be a negative Nancy here but Horvat was looking for Barzal he literally telegraphed the pass to the devil's player I forget who it was I think it might have been Mercer and then Mercer just dog walked him and nutmegged him yeah, it was his first shift after the goal, uh, the first goal, but then the second goal kind of healed all wounds there. Uh, I had one more observ. Oh, something overreaction of the game, I guess. We look good at 4v4. Um, that's something I didn't expect from the Islanders going into this year, but our top pairs at 4v4, Hor- Barzal and uh, Horvat, uh, as well as Nelson and Palmieri and Pajot and Engvall, all look very good and have good chemistry. Uh, the Devils are a team that really rides on star power, so you figure that would suit them in a 4v4. Suit them at 3v3, but we looked just as good as they did at 4v4, and I was happy with the, the performance there. And the special team situation we've had a couple times this season as Matt Martin was able to get Timo Meyer on a roughing call while Martin was already going in the box. Was that Luke Hughes' first regular season go- goal today or no? Yes, I don't know if he's No, he didn't get one in the last game last year. I don't remember. So that's what I'm asking. Prospects aren't real. I can, well. Anyone younger than me is not real. Yeah, anyone younger than me. I'm Lamorello-pilled. Any, um, any young player, I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I thought this against the Sabres the other night, too. I was like, I, I could not care less if, um, who's the guy, Zach Benson on the Sabres scores. I cannot care about that. I just want the Islanders to win no matter what. That's a very good take, Ryan. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, big, uh, 
Big, not a big fan of the Sabres who we're playing tomorrow, but uh, we have to get into the Yotes now. Jake, do you have the Yotes? Ow, ow, ow. The desert dogs themselves, the Arizona Coyotes. Hold on. Yeah, Jake's pulling it up quick. It was Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, me and Jake were at this game on Tuesday, and we, we hung out a little bit on the terrace. Um, fun stuff. Good game. Was was proud of the performance. Less good vibes in UBS. It was a little less populated as the Sabres Tuesday game night. and the Devils game, but yeah, Tuesday night. It was quiet tonight, though. Like It was loud at points, but there was points where it was like you could hear a pin drop. You could feel the anxiety through the room. I heard that on TV, too. At one point in the first period, it just... It was like 85-15, 20 Yeah, like, there was there was a good amount of Devils fans. None of them that I saw were being dicks, thankfully. Oh, it's because the Brat Pack wasn't there. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, the Brat Pack wasn't there. I uh, can only ask or and wonder if James Nichols MYI was there. But, uh, <laughs> or uh, why was he? Probably. I, I who would he root? Who would he root for? Uh, he'd be wearing one of those, uh, you know, the so- uh, scarfs in soccer yeah. that have like, both teams on him. Or I just hope everyone has fun. Um, oh, please believe dead. my sources. <laughs> contracts uh, in the drawer. The guy. Yeah, the contracts in the drawer. Cadre, I saw him at Bagel Boss. But uh, Jake, you go ahead. Now. Yeah. So. Um... Coyotes versus the Islanders, UBS Arena. The goaltending matchup was Ilya Sorokin versus Karol Vizmelka. Uh, there's only one goal to speak of, and that was in the second period. We were on the power play. Um, originally, it was Horvat's point because he won the faceoff, but I guess Palmieri got a touch on it. Passed it to Dobson, who got it over to Barzell, who sniped it from the left circle. His first of the season, 347 into the period, and that was the only goal they needed. They obviously won one nothing. The shots were 34-14. to we did get a little goalie, Vejmelka, as he does. He owns us. He, he really owns us. It's only four games, but I believe it's a 2.23 goals against, the 9.30 save percentage. So, yeah, he's he's very good against us. He's, See, he's a good goalie in general. That He's a very he's a very underrated goalie. Um, I know Arizona's actually decent this year, but if they aren't, and by the deadline, I would not want to see him go to the Devils if that's an option. That would be scary. If they had a very good goalie like uh, Karel Vizmelka, that could be bad. Veggie has like a three-year deal. I think Arizona sees him as a part of the long term. I hope so. I, I really like him. Vizmelka um, guy here. Yeah, I mean, of all Sorokin's shutouts of his career, that was by far the easiest one. I think the Yotes wound up with 17 shots at the end of the day. We did a really good job possessing the puck, keeping it. Uh, didn't score at 5v5, which was weird, even though we outplayed them at 5v5, but that's just how good Vegmelka is. Uh, Barzal ripped a wonderful one-timer. Um, I thought Horvat should have gotten an assist there, but it was Palms assisted the goal. Forza. Um, yeah, Forza. Forza Palmieri, but um, yeah, no, Barzal ripped the one-timer. He has a hell of a shot. He needs to use it more, uh, but that's why he's on the wing now. I think he can be very good in that position and play very good on the wing, so I'm excited to see what Barzi's able to do uh, going forward. I think, you know, players of the game there were definitely Sorokin for holding the shutout. I thought Aho was incredible. That was awesome. We didn't highlight also against the Devils how good Dobson was, if you want to talk about Oh, yeah. yeah we get, did you guys talk about Barzal also? Yeah, we talked about Barzi and how good That goal that Barzal almost scored tonight would have been world class. We haven't seen that from Barzal probably since the 2021 season. That's the first time that he almost dunked on someone in two years, which is crazy to think about. Folks, once again, Matt Barzal is a silly goose, and we are here for it. I mean, he's been absolutely awesome, and it's fun seeing him just have fun out there. It's been like he's been this defensively responsible center for two more years, and now he's back on his bullshit, and it's, it's a ton of fun watching him pull off crazy stuff. He's been he's been like closetedly 
the best, like one of the most fun players in the league. And then the Islanders have kind of hid that while he was at center. But now he can go back on the wing and do crazy stuff. And he's done it in two out of the three games. I think they do it against the Sabres. Do you have a point? I don't think he did. No, but he like no. him and Horvat looked good, but he didn't have any points. But in the past two games, he's looked absolutely ridiculous. And he's back to the way he was. Yeah. Uh, and then Noah Dobson after we didn't even we didn't even we'll talk, we have, we have to talk anything about, about the game. Noah Dobson Twitter <laughs> X drama uh, that was fun but hey give credit where credit's due Noah Dobson looked incredible tonight I've been rooting for the kid I don't want to see I don't want to see the fan base have to give him crap or give him crap at all he knows he's not playing well our fan base we've we've ridden him pretty hard but you got to play well you're playing in New York it's how it's gonna be so Robert, he has been elite since. Yeah, I mean, that's basically <laughs> it for the Yodis game. I mean, Sorokin was good. Dobson was better that game. Ajo was good. Barzi was great. Uh, Horvat left a little bit on the table. Second line was incredible. Third line, we could talk about this in a couple minutes, what the ideal lineup oh, is yeah. at this point. Fourth line was good. Cal Clutterbuck has been absolutely immense this season so far. Cow. That's another topic, but uh, <laughs> we'll do Dobson first. So now to talk about, like, you know, we've, we've covered the games here. The Islanders are in a pretty good spot, but there's some fun stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, Jake, you Yeah, one more thing. Me? Fun stat. Um, Sorokin recorded his 17th career shutout and surpassed Rick DiPietro for possession of third on the Islanders' all-time West. He trails Billy Smith, who has 22, and Glenn Resch, who has 25. He will get second this year. Did there's you just no call that. him Glenn Resch? That's what it says on the thing. Chico. I'm just reading, man. It's it's. it's <laughs> I'm just reading, man. Twelve oh nine in the morning. Twelve oh nine in the morning. It's fine. Rushed, and yeah, yeah. I got a bridge to sell it, but yeah. yeah, he's he's he will absolutely get second this year. Tarkowski was there tonight again. You know his first name, Jake. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> yeah, Mario Tarkowski. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, going into the Dobson X stuff. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, we were on Twitter on I think that was Monday night. Monday. I was out at a bar and. Um, I just see, like, for some reason, I'm scrolling Twitter, um, and I see Ethan underscore GSN on Twitter. He posts, like, blocked by Noah Dobson, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't even know Noah was on Twitter. So I search up Noah Dobson's name on Twitter, and it says blocked by Noah Dobson. So I, like, I screenshot and I tweeted, too, and then people out of the woodworks on Islanders Twitter. Um, and I've gotten through my tweets on Dobson. I've been, like, crazy critical on him. I just, he can't defend sometimes, or he struggles in his own end. Uh, last year, it felt like all of 2023 until a week ago, until he started getting kind of picked on or, you know, we noticed he blocked us all on Twitter. It felt like, um, you know, he hadn't had a defensively responsible game all year. I think that's fair to say, even if his offense does shine through. Um, but tonight in the past two games, been crazy defensively responsible. He said he was hacked. Um, you know, we could take him at face value. Um, yeah, I'm just glad that while his, <laughs> while his hacker was, hack, while his hacker was trying to figure out his bank account on one hand, he was going through and blocking all the Twitter. Uh, I, I wouldn't call us trolls, but just like uh, disruptors on the on the Twitter X app. So you know, if no, no, if you hop on Blue Sky, I'll follow you over there as well. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I honestly, I, I hold no ill will. It's I've been blocked by Islanders before, being Michael Grabner. I think everyone in this room has been blocked by one Islander at least on Twitter. Oh, yeah. AJ, have you? No, I, no. I, I like I like the New York Islanders. We like them too. It's just like maybe... Jake does not like the New York Islanders. <laughs> I've, got, is... I've got I've gotten blocked by two Islander defensemen. I 
I Shockley was not three to not get blocked by Noah Dobson. Did you? You didn't get blocked. I don't yeah. know. He must have named. I him. don't say bad things about Noah Dobson on Twitter. I like online. <laughs> well, yeah, but on the in podcast we've all done yeah. it. Def, I definitely have. But you, I mean, hey, your tweets are funny as fuck. But I know, like, you had a few golf tweets. That's why he got blocked. Yeah, I mean, I just. Like, it's funny how he actually gets triggered I by think, them, though. I think, <laughs> I think my issue was I always say Noah Dobson. I don't just say like Dobson, or I don't say Noah because be he probably name searches for himself and then. And like, you know, it's, it's social media. It's not that serious. I never really like picked on the person. Just like he's he's very frustrating <laughs> to watch he play is. defense. Um, but yeah, if you know, if he thinks it's whatever, I, I don't really hold ill will against him. And if he's gonna hoop the rest of the season, let him hoop because I take this version of Noah Dobson we've seen, especially tonight, any day of the week. Maybe run the power play a little bit better. Um, and uh, I, no, I thought it was good. I thought the first power. The first play, one was good. First yeah, one was great. Second one needs to. Well, yeah, I just, I'd like to see him rip a shot every now and then. Yeah, that's true. That's one thing I'd like see, to see more out of him. The first power play was good because they were moving around. I was, yeah. I know we were talking about that. That was the last bit. power play of the, the game they did. The second move. power play, they did the old Islanders power play. Everyone standing there and just being stupid. You know why, though? Why? Anders Lee's on the second power play. He needs to. Well, I mean, he, yeah, well, but yeah, on, the, on the second power play with the first unit out, they still didn't move. They still just stood around like. Assholes. Am I even going to blame Aho? Because I don't think he's doing a bad job quarterbacking, but everyone else. Um, it was kind of funny in overtime when Ryan Pulak said, fuck it, we ball and just ripped this lap shot. Yeah, I mean, Pulak's done that before against the Rangers back in 2021. And I was like, oh, he wants to win the game. And I thought he was going to score again, but uh, no, he did not. Not um, a smart move in overtime to rip a slap shot. No, but like, you it's know. very possession based. And that's they were a lot riskier than normal. Usually they're very, you know, let's take it easy, let's kill the time. No, they kind of went for the kill, which I don't mind, but... Here's something I wanted to bring up as well. Remember in the preseason, Lambert, after the game, you guys might not have heard the quote, but he said, the we, when we tried to outshoot the Devils and beat them, or I think we wound up losing in the preseason 7-4, to four, um, Lambert came on after the game and was like, that is not the style of the game we can play against the Devils. We don't want to run with these guys. Tonight we ran with the Devils. Like, you know, I, I think we ran with them, we played their speed, and it worked out for us. Yeah, it's just going to depend how you saw the game, obviously, because I, I agree that we looked very, very good on 5-on-5. Five five. But if you look at, like, the advanced stats or money pucks, it's like, oh, the Devils should have won by, like, a million goals. No. I didn't even check money puck. I'll check they it. said they were, like, 65-35, but... They didn't score a single... Like, I know, they they did what they're supposed to do, score on the power play. You got the man up. I don't know. I thought we looked Ooh. very... 76.5 to 23.5. Like, I, I don't care. We're washed. We're... It's over. The XG was pretty close, and that's all that matters. XG is all that matters. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that that also factored in. They were playing from... Fashion's XG. Stuff. Oh, boy. We could get into it in a second, but... 7.6. Uh, before we go into line construction and stuff, just wanted to go through... Arthur Staple had a really good article in The Athletic this week. I want to shout out... Uh, he went through the identity line and the history of the identity line. Um, just like a quick refresher, it was a puff piece or whatever, but Clutterbuck said something cool, and I just wanted to read it on the pod. I thought this was a cool quote. They all talked about like when the identity line came together, how many games they played together, and Cal mentioned how they are like the fourth line in hockey that took out the, the face puncher's identity of the fourth line. So, you know, it used to be a couple of face punchers surrounding a rookie on the fourth line, but they trans- or constructed a fourth line with a little bit of edge and also to play and have an impact. So I think that was what makes the identity line so special and so cool seeing a resurgence this year. I I really love the identity line. 
it's what makes the New York Islanders the New York Islanders. And, um, yeah, I think it's been one of our strongest lines this year. And at the end of the game, like, it was taking on the Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer line, two of the better, younger players in the league. Uh, and these guys in their mid-30s are giving them hell, just hitting them every time down the ice. So, shout-out the Iden line. Shout-out Cal Clutterbuck. Great start to the season. We gave Cal a lot of shit all summer, especially me, uh, yep. especially Jake. Yeah, and, especially me. Yeah, all of us, uh, oh, that sure. someone younger could take that spot in the lineup. But it really shows the identity. Maybe their bodies will break down later in the season. We'll have to get younger and we'll start to complain again. But in this moment of time, three games in the season, just a little bit of appreciation for the identity line. I also, while we're doing shout-outs, I do want to shout-out uh, J.G. Pajot. He might not get recognition because he didn't put up any points tonight. He was incredible in his own end. He was great. I don't know what he was on face-offs, so no, you could look that up. But Pajot was just great. He got in the lanes, stick everywhere. He was so good defensively tonight. I know he's not going to get the recognition. I know he gets a lot of crap from the fan base sometimes as well. But he's a really good hockey player, and I'm very happy to see him performing at a better standard so far this year. A lot more noticeable. I just wanted to get some points, because he really does deserve it. But he's been awesome. We talked about the second line, talked about the first line. Um, I think for the Buffalo game tomorrow, I think there will be a lineup change. I'm going to predict that Oliver Wallstrom will get his first game with the New York Islanders tomorrow. 100%. Who will he be in for? Uh, we'll say Simon Holmstrom. Okay, so I'm going to go Oliver. I'll go Julian Godier comes in for Hudson Fashion tomorrow. And I think they I start the game with Anders Lee on the first line, and they go maybe Holmstrom. I don't. I, I Actually, I think they're going to run Lee on the first line to start tomorrow. Even if it's not the right decision, we'll just see how it goes. But um, we will put Julian Godier in first over Oliver Wallstrom while Wallstrom's still rehabbing. Jake? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I do think they're... I think they still want to stick Holmstrom there, so I think he'll be on the first line. The production line ain't moving. Uh, Lee, Gautier, Pajot, and the fourth line will say the same. I don't know. They took they took Simon off and didn't even put him back on there, so we'll see. I think it's not a bad thing to give a younger guy a rest, too. Because I, I thought he was great in the Coyote game, too, and obviously he was rough today, but I don't know. I just don't think they give up on him that quickly. But It's not giving up. I think... Like, the thing I you talked about Bull, uh, Bullduck playing a lot in the in the third period, right? Already, did anyone mention that? Mm-hmm. Um, so Bullduck, like Ryan said, played a lot late towards the end of the third period, which was kind of surprising. Which is because he should not be in that spot, especially with like the big guns out, like Jack Hughes. Every time Jack Hughes is on the ice, it's just like, oh no, everyone knows how good he is, and then you have Sam Bullduck trying to defend him. Nothing against Bullduck, but he's just not at that level yet, and that's fine. He's a rookie. They needed him to play his all tonight. They needed to give him as many minutes as you can. Because you cannot waste Adam Pellick for 25. What did Pellick play tonight? I know Pellick got 27. Uh, Pellick. Oh, you played. Uh, I don't want to see that, man. Pellick almost playing 30 minutes and having to do a back-to-back. That's going to be rough for We're him. We're so light on the right side. Once Scotty comes back in, it makes sense. But, look, we d- we had two right-hand defensemen tonight. That's why Dobson was always out there, too. Pulak, 2657. Dobson, 2602. Pelic 1959. Okay. Well, um, he was in the box for four minutes, though. Well, technically. Yeah. Two penalties. Romana, so. 2206. Ajo, 1418. Bolduc, 930. That's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, good for Dobson, obviously. He balled today. He was great defensively. He stopped Jack Hughes numerous times. He was he didn't have the deer in the headlights moment. Or he didn't have many at least. Very happy to see that. Yeah. yeah I thought defensively he was great too. Obviously he got the assist too, but 
And this is the kind of point we have to hit with Dobson eventually. If he's ever going to be a number one defenseman or a franchise defenseman, he's going to have to get used to playing 27, you know, 25 to 27 minutes a night like a Thomas Shabbat would, even if you're talking about like lower tier guys like Seth Jones, Thomas Shabbat, if he's ever going to even get to that level. Uh, before you can even think about him hitting the level of like an Alexander Petrangelo, he has to hit that level where he's getting a ton of minutes and looking good in those minutes. And I think this was one of the very few games in Noah's young career. I bet he set a time on ice record for his career. Um, yeah, half of it. I, that has to be his time on ice record. But Which is surprising. He used to play like 8 to 13 minutes a night. So watching this growth in Noah in three years should, you know, I think in where you look a year down the line, I think the version of Noah Dobson now is back on track to being a very good NHL defenseman, especially in a payday next year. But, like, the growth he showed be from, like, the first couple games of the season where it seems like he's always on the ice, he's always noticeable, and he isn't making his main mistakes. Um, it's just going to have to keeping that on a full 82 plus uh, plus hopefully 20 more as we win the Stanley Cup, 20, 22 more. I think that's the least you can play, 21. I don't know. Four, so, eight, 16, 16, 16. I got this up. Obviously, his rookie year averaged 13, and then 16, 23, then 21, 27, 20, 22, um, and last year was 23, 17. And he's gotten 26 back-to-back games, so that's obviously going to get a little bit of a bump. Yeah, Scotty's coming back, so you have someone responsible on the right side, but it's just... No. Shout-out to Upson, though. I'm very happy about that. Shout-out Noah Dobson. This podcast could have been a very bad Noah Dobson podcast if you didn't oh, respond. Oh, it could have been we were gonna re- We were going to record earlier in the week because there was a lot to say on the matter while the iron was hot, but it's it's a non-story, you know? He he deleted Twitter. More power to him. More people should delete Twitter. He got hacked. He, oh, got hacked well, he got hacked and then decided to delete Twitter before they took all his credit card information and uh, text he messages. He hacked. <laughs> Lee, Lee, Lee actually had a very positive social media presence when he's just tweeting <laughs> out can't jam cancer Jake so I, I would rather he didn't um, Jake hates cancer yeah, well we Good all guy do Jake. we all hate cancer Jake hates charities um, but anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah so going on to the, the next topic of the podcast I guess that's that's we did the line changes anything else in Islander land to talk about before we go into more of the whole NHL picture uh, fashion I yeah, know we mentioned um, him we mentioned but him. we should probably we should expand on it yeah well looks, we're all Hudson he, fashion guys we are fascists no. No, we are not fascists. We are fans of Hudson Fashing, the hockey player. Emphasis on the fash. No. We are fans of Hudson Fashing, the Emphasis hockey player. Emphasis on the ing. Sure. Both fascist and fashing have fash in them. No. The difference is. I that. like Hudson Fashing. He's a he's a friend. The, the, my favorite hockey team. You guys want to frame me? Uh, my Twitter got hacked. Okay, yes, that's okay. Of course. <laughs> Did Ethan Sears um, ask you, though? Yeah. He is so the one to ask that. You don't. He and, does not care. And, and, and Gross like would never ask that. It's, I haven't seen it. Like, I know Gross is tweeting. I haven't seen a Gross tweet all year, though. I'm not going to lie. He's the only reporter tweeting. I have known he's on for. Yeah, I, I, you know, him, Rosner, um, I used to have him on Rosner for Rosner. tweets every update, and he's ahead yeah, of Yeah, Rosner, Rosner's good to have noties on for during a presser, but sometimes he edits his tweets, and it gets a little bit, but it's just like... <laughs> well, yeah, if you have notifications on, you're getting, like, four notifications for a tweet sometimes, so that's fine. And then Sears, like, he hasn't really in my circle of trust yet, but he earned a follow after asking that <laughs> Noah question, even if he's going to be the Garth Snow PR tour in the summers. Definitely the most... So podcast, um, podcast reporter rankings. What do we got? Top Stape, three. Stape one, gross two, nah, Rosner three, one. and then I go with um, 
probably Sears 4, and then do we even have a bad one at the... That's the good thing about Curves Gone, we don't have a bad one anymore. <laughs> like, we don't have a negative presence on the beat. Like, there is no James Nichols, there is no no, Curse. that's true. We've just kind of exercised our demons since, like, Trot's left, and now we actually have a pretty good beat. Knock on wood. Big knock, knock on wood. wood. Yeah. I think I would go... It's kind of. I think I'd go Rosner one, honestly, man. He's really good. Rosner, he's just. He's. I don't really read a lot of Gross's stuff. I know with all behind a paywall too. Rosner and Stan do a great job with the hockey news. Rosner's more. I don't want to say like Gross is out of touch with the fan base, but Rosner is <laughs> younger. Obviously, so he's more active on Twitter. Rosner's good with the Twitter people, but Gross is good for the people who would read news today. Yeah, exactly. I think it's perfect how to say it. Yeah. And uh, Rosner will definitely get to that level. Not saying he's not there yet, but Rosner is just really good with engaging with his online audience, which he should be doing. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I saw someone something funny today. So uh, the Athletics writer for, for the Philadelphia Flyers, Kevin Kurz, projected um, Owen Tippett to have a thirty-plus goal season. Remember. So I thought that was funny. Owen Tippett's the guy every year that's everyone's going to be like, "Oh, he's breaking out this year. It's, this is a year." He was pretty good last he year. He was good last year. But like, I, the Pittsburgh just... Penguin writer also said Drew O'Connor to have twenty five plus goals. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Too. Like we laugh at that, but it's also the Pittsburgh Penguins. Zero We've seen crazier crap with that franchise. Oh, they're Delulu. I mean, he did get he got so the Renaissance. Tippa got twenty seven last year, but he has zero this year. We definitely should get into that. It was one of the that's one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. We have to yeah we have a lot of Twitter stuff to get into and around the league overreactions, but I think that's everything for Islanders World. Yeah, um, Fashion needs to step it up. So let's going, let's just go through the Metro quick because that's kind of relevant to us. Uh, Devils hot and cold start. Um, they beat us today. Maybe they're back on the right track after that. Lindy Ruff had them bag skating the other game. What do we think of that? Like, I thought it was very theatrical and unnecessary, but I mean, they played bad. it's hockey man stuff, I guess. It's you know, you're, you're more associated with hockey culture than either of I us. Am, I'm, you know, big into hockey culture. I think it's kind of stupid. I don't think the guy, like, they understand they're playing bad. They really need to bag skate them even more. Like, I get it. It's just kind of like a boomer thing to do at this point. Like, I get it. You play bad. You get punished, but come on. I mean, if my team lost to the Florida Panthers in 2023, I would punch them too. They almost the came. The Panthers are fine. The Panthers are fine. That doesn't fit my narrative, though. So. We crap on the Panthers a lot. They're not going to be that bad. They're not going to be no. that good. And Nico McCullough. N- Nico McCullough, <laughs> one of, 101. Truly a 101. Shout out Kev. He, he loves him. Yeah, so just quick hits around the Metro. Um, next up, we got the Night Rangers I'm looking at here. Um, you know, they lost to Nashville the other night, uh, four to one. They did more than, Barry fans, they did more than lose to Nashville. They <laughs> Cole Smith scored two in their barn. Shout out good. Cole Smith. Um, good stuff there by the Preds. Uh, shout out Barry Trot. Shout out, um, you know, uh, Philip Forsberg. You never walk alone. But then, <laughs> um, what else? Um, there was also, Mars oh yeah, Blake. What, what I meant to bring up. Yeah, we'll get to them. Uh, Blake and Egg and Cheese. Blake, Blake and Egg Aaron. and Cheese. Um, their fan base is, I've never seen them turn on a big acquisition quicker. Well, I know he's making league men. You right? can't say it's big. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, but he was like, the he media about, hyped like, him up. Like, if you hyped up Blake Wheeler, you haven't, like he's a good player. He was, my, my projection is him to put up 55 points. He stinks. He's Tell old. Tell that to the New York Times Athletic. I mean, like, the, they predicted him to be, like, a positive three-war player or something. No chance at um, all. And he's slow and lazy. Power play and... merchant at best, and if they're not going to be insane on the power play this year, he's not even on the first unit, so maybe not even a power play merchant. It just wasn't a great fit. It was just cheap. Yeah. They should have just waited for Kane to come back. And they're barely using Jonathan Quick, too. Um, so. I mean, he came in. Yeah, he yeah, came no, in they're, yesterday. They're barely starting him. I, it's, well, it's only four games into the year. They're trying to ride Igor out. 
Yeah, I get it. I mean, we're probably getting Varley tomorrow, too, so we'll see how Varley holds up. Confirmed. Um, confirmed, yeah. Jake. Yeah. Prime Jake confirmed. No, no, confirmed. no. Wayne Lambert confirmed. It. No, Prime Jake confirmed. Okay. So those are the first two teams in the Metro. Quick hitter, you're, you're one that's very easy. Uh, the Washington Capitals, uh, Jake, do you want a victory lap your take here? They're, they're very bad. Yeah, they're very bad. <laughs> they're very um, bad. I think we all had this take, though. Yeah. You guys said bottom five. I thought they'd be, like, okay to, like, mediocre. You guys I said were, they'd like, be worse than Philly. League, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you were lower than I was. I, I, I just thought they'd be seventh. Ovi looks kind of washed up. Yeah, Ovi it's, looks it's, bad. It's, it's, it's sad, man. I don't know if he's going to hit the goal record at this rate if, he, I, if we see this guy. Let's not, let's not go too far now. Yeah. It's Ovi. He'll still put up 30. If Ovi doesn't put up 30 goals, there's a big problem, man. Yeah. I really want to see him break the record. I want to, too, but I don't. It's, I like it's if, a, if, if a, this is the player, rough. it's looking good. It's not looking good. Backstrom is beyond cooked. Beyond cooked. Carlson looks okay, but the media is hyping him up, which is annoying. Um, but who else? Tommy Matthew Wilson's Phillips. back. Well, you can fine. blame 32 lots for that. They meet Rod Young, Carlson. Matthew Phillips has been good, yeah. Yeah, Matthew Phillips. He came like from Calgary. Him. He's good. Sonny Milano's been all right. When Son- like, with all due respect, Milano's been one of their better players, which is a good thing for us Long Islanders. And shout out Sonny, but like... With a team that has Kuznetsov, that has Ovi, that has Backstrom, that has John Carlson. When your standout guy right now has been Sonny Milano. Um, no. No, their standout, their number one guy so far. Could anyone take a guess who's been their best player by, in my eyes at least. And I've watched Is it all the games. Is it McMichael? McMichael's been Connor McMichael. This guy, I know he's he was kind of hyped up when he got drafted. Like, oh, how did he fall to the Capitals this late? He was supposed to be the next, not the next big thing, but a very good player. Last two years, he sucked. Maybe not sucked, but he didn't really look NHL ready. This year, man, he's been balling out. So, good for, I mean, screw the Capitals. Good for him, I guess. I don't... But he's looked very good. He's been their best player, and he's going to probably be their face of the hopefully soon rebuilding Washington Capitals, even though they're not going to rebuild. Who'd they draft? Yeah. Oh, they got um the guy with the heart condition, Mira... Miro, Shinka. No, no, they, they also took the second round. They yeah. took that. No, Pierre. No, didn't they get an American this year? Yeah, they took. Oh, that's, this, that's year, yeah, they, this year. You were high on him. Uh, Crystal. Yeah, Crystal. Yeah, is good. good. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. he's also five foot six, so like yeah. you know. It takes a while. Um, Lumbus Blue Jackets. Columbus has no idea what they're doing right now. It's kind of funny. They were like scratching Ken Johnson. They were bringing Jurecek up and down. Kind of Michigan. Um, he did do the Michigan on Elias Sorokin. His career short- ended shortly after that. Uh, but then what else? They put Liam Foody, a first-round pick of theirs from four years ago or five years ago at this point on waivers. Just just a very weird team. They're they're kind of treading water already, even if they won tonight. Zach Wierenski's back after being injured to start the year, but it looks like they're going to be resilient at the least um, in the early part of the year. I think we might play them in the next two weeks. So Ben Severson. Yeah, Severson. They bench Sevo. Wow. Yeah, first, for right into like a seven-year contract, right? It made no sense what they did. They got him. It's very blue jackets offseason. <laughs> Yarmo though, yay! The, yeah, Yarmo's on the hot seat. I I really have never liked this guy as a GM, and uh, his first-round picks barely hit. Um, he can't get guys to stay in Columbus, which you know we've seen from Lou Lamorello. You can take a destination that isn't a uh, you know an attractive destination to. Guys in Canada and Europeans, um, and turn it into one through a good culture, but uh, Blue Jackets culture kind of kind of sucks, um, and the rebuild isn't really working well there. So they might want to change directions after the season. But um, 
Yeah, uh, Goudreau's been playing very good. So that Elvis looked good too in the two games yeah. he played, but now he's gone through yeah, some, he, some sickness thing. Yeah, yeah. unfortunate for him. It is kind of funny how many big names they've had go through their locker rooms. Yeah, you know they had Panarin, they had Bob, they had Duchesne. Uh, what's his name? Um, I wouldn't call Wawrinski like a superstar, but he's really good. Very good Dubois. Yeah. Uh, yeah, PLD, Patty Laine, Johnny Gaudreau. Now they've had they've been able to attract players. I know some of them they've drafted no, and got all their of trades. These are trades. They haven't. Um, they got Johnny. Johnny's Johnny. the only weird one who signed there. But they still like not saying Yarm was good for getting big names in, but it's kind of funny when you look at the names that they have brought in. Like that one team was so stacked in 2018-19, and that was their best year by far when they upset the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And then got pushed aside by the Boston Bruins. Yeah, as most teams. Would. Yeah, as most teams would. Not our, not our New York we Islanders. Won. We so. didn't the next year. We, we were able to beat the Bruins, so that was cool. Uh, but anyway, aside from all that, uh, moving on to the next team, the Metro. Philadelphia Flyers look pretty fun and scrappy. Um, not the best team in the league, but or I'm not even close to they the best team in the league. Year. They I'm do not, it every I'm year. Not I'm not falling for it, but no. like if you're looking for a team to ride early in the season or just throw in a game, uh, the Flyers are pretty fun. They have some good medium youngish players. Um, they might be turning a corner a little bit. It Tori looks like a Torts back. team, so we'll see how it goes. I wouldn't even say it's really falling for it. It's just John Tortorella being John Tortorella. He's going to do his job. He's going to get the most out of guys. Are they going to be good? No. Are they going to be bad? No. Somehow, they weren't awful. They weren't great last year, and they end up with probably the second or third best player in the draft. He, what's his face? Um, Mitchkov. Mitchkov has been also doing a lot better in Russia now. The last two weeks, people are hyping him up again after getting... He should stay there for his life. Yeah, uh, he, he could take a volunteer contract with the Islanders eventually. But yeah, I think course. I think the thing AJ was saying about Torts too is Torts gets got his guys ready for the season, and that's really important. Uh, the same way Barry Trotz would have us pretty much ready to go on a big winning streak to start the year. I think Torres has his guys ready to roll. Um, yeah, day one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has them yeah. boot camp and day one a training camp. And then to close out the Metro, I think I've covered all the teams here. But um, it, meant you're two more. Oh, uh, two more. What's you're the other Carolina one? and then the Red Oh, Sox. Carolina, No yeah. one even knows that Carolina's in the Metro, No honestly. one watches Carolina. No one, <laughs> it's like every, like, we kind of have, like, mini rivalries with all these teams. You know, like, Philly, we don't like, but we don't hate. New Jersey, we don't like, we don't hate. We don't like Carolina, don't get me wrong. No we one, hate Carolina. <laughs> they're just, it feels like they're everyone. in the Atlantic. Exactly. They're no so one, much better than everyone in the Metro. No one cares about Carolina in the Metro. Yeah, they're just elevated because they're so good, and just it's hard to them. hate Carolina because they're so much better than everyone else, but... In the regular season, uh, you can beat got, them in a play. They, they got work. Though. I mean, they haven't looked. So they haven't looked incredible this year. They've been good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, fill me in if I'm missing. Something um, just, they lost seven three or seven four right to the Kraken last night. Seven four. They gave up three goals to the crappy San Jose lost Sharks. The they lost to the Ducks. It hasn't been a great start for them. And I know some teams don't like the early. Uh, California road trip. Some teams love it because they get bonding time. They get to be together. They get to know each other. I know a lot of these guys play with each other, but you know this hockey culture. Play bad teams. They play bad. Play bad teams. They are scoring four point six goals a game, but they're giving up four point nine. Very That's unlike them because they yeah. are honestly probably the most one of Freddy's if not the rough. most boring teams in hockey. I know everyone likes to say the New York Islanders are, but Carolina. Carolina, I, I, as a hockey fan, I like watching Carolina. But if you're a casual hockey fan, which is fine, and you watch a Carolina Hurricanes game last year, they were it was like under four goals a game, under four or five goals a game, very defensive, very tight-knit. But they won, so who cares? That's always been the thing. So. Uh, Shea's been good. 
Yeah, Brady Shea, good player. Now, uh, um, Ranger scum. You take yeah, the, the, la- take the last team in the Metro <laughs> will be uh, what, Kyle, Ryan Cook. Kyle Dubas's Renaissance painting, Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> so this has been an incredible time of year. So the Penguins under Kyle Dubas uh, rode off of, uh, you know, if you believe the media, the strongest offseason in NHL history where Kyle Dubas was able to take his uh, paintbrush and reconstruct the bottom six by bringing in veterans like Nolachari and Lars Ehlers and uh, Matt Nieto to reconstruct their fourth line. And uh, he was also able to bring in Eric Carlson and get rid of all the Penguins' bad contracts to do this. So uh, I got into it a little bit with one of the athletic writers for the Pittsburgh Penguin this week. I think Jesse Granger is his name. Um, but, yeah, it was – or Jesse Marsh. I think they have another one who covers Vegas called Jesse Granger. But, um, yeah, he, like he put out a tweet where he said Riley Smith will be – oh, I forgot about Riley Smith, the Stanley Cup uh, second liner who was the biggest under, unknown find of the offseason. No one knew who about Riley Smith was, a guy who's played in the top six of two teams that made the Stanley Cup finals um, and a Florida Panthers team that almost won the President's Trophy a couple years back. But no no one remembers any of that. Uh, Riley Smith, Kyle Dubas is – unknown gem so this is like you go into uh you go into a conversation with a bunch of tv snobs and you say you know the office the the small screen (laughs) a gem of the small screen like it's something people don't really know about like when everyone knows who riley smith is but he basically says something along the lines of uh riley smith kyle kyle dubas bringing in riley smith will be a broad stroke on uh his renaissance painting he's building here with the pittsburgh penguins i quote tweeted him like why are we talking about this team like it's a renaissance painting they're two and two they were getting smoked by the red wings when i tweeted it they got closer once uh detroit put their foot off the metal uh when the game went to like 4-1 penguins made it 4-3 and then the red wings took it at like 5-5-3 whatever but um, two empty netters yeah i think they had two empty netters so 6-3 but but don't care don't yeah don't don't care don't lose to detroit they've been good though to be fair yeah we'll we'll get no reactions in a second i wanted to talk about detroit there but yeah no overall depends like they haven't been good. They've been 2-2. They've locked, lost to two very bad teams in Detroit. Or two teams that were bad last year in Detroit and um, the Chicago Blackhawks. But we'll, we'll see how this Penn team goes. It doesn't feel like last year where they're going to be on our ass all year. But, you know, they're looking older, looking slower. I don't think Dubas really made that many big changes by changing up the bottom six. Like, I think they only have one point out of their bottom six, even if they brought in the big names of Lars Ehler and Nolichari. But, um, yeah, secondary assist at that. But uh, we'll see how that team progresses. I don't want to take my victory lap before Thanksgiving, but I I really think um, describing them as a renaissance painting is a little out of place here. I mean, it's Pittsburgh sports fans. They're nuts as it is. They're nuts, but, like, you have to understand, like, just because this guy's taking the media out for drinks after games and stuff doesn't mean you have to talk about him like he's the greatest manager of, or general manager of all time. Like, we dealt, we've dealt with Lou getting so much shit outside of the New York market for not addressing the future. This Penguins team's older than us. They have no future. And the present, they brought in stinks. Yeah, they don't really have any groundbreaking prospects. Drew O'Connor, but that's it. Like, <laughs> he's not even a prospect. No, he's he's there was Sam Poole who's been in the AHL for the past three years. He's had issues, too. I know. I don't know what happened. It might have been something like mental health issues, but he was away from the team for like three months last year in the AHL. Yeah, Alex Nylander. Their still. best prospect was the last few years has to be POJ, who's fine at best. I mean, a scumbag. Yeah. He killed Wallstrom, but it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, you know, they, again, the last regime for the Penguins was bad, and there's a lot of work to do there, but acting like this was a one-season fix, and now they're saying, actually, Dubas is okay to be bad this year, and I'm like, still have Sidney Crosby and Malkin, you could get a little bit more out of this roster than what they're doing with 
Eric Carlson, who who's, is turning the clock back a little bit. But we also saw against Chicago, who's very bad. And there's still, you know, Jari is all-time one of my favorite players in NHL history because <laughs> this years. guy is hilarious in net. Um, five more years. What, what a signing. What a renaissance painting. Your Pittsburgh Penguins. But, yeah, I'd say right now I'm pretty comfortable in my prediction that the Islanders are the third-best team in the Metro. Things will probably regress, go back to normal, we'll be closer to fourth than second, but at the moment, feeling pretty good about the division. Yeah, I feel really good about the division. Yeah. I mean, beat Buffalo Funny tomorrow, division. so... Yeah, beat Buffalo tomorrow. Yeah, like, they have a few injuries. Um, Devin Levi and Benson, two favorite players, I presume. Are yeah, that's there. right. My, my two favorite players. I, oh, no, Levi's no more banged new players. up. Yeah. No more new players. They no might actually have to play a different goalie. Which... I mean, they have three oh, on the roster, so... We could kill... UPL or UPL. Eric Comrie, I'm out. Oh, I'm God. Moved. Yeah, yeah, Right, yeah. Comrie's this the be third? Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Don't we're going to You got to go up early. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have, you know, their legs like, are going to be tired. They literally played a home game against a very good team. They're traveling and now playing Buffalo. It's not a great Stay situation. Stay out of the box tomorrow. Stay out of the box. they could be PP merchants. And you said PP merchant. <laughs> um, last last segment of the pod before we wrap up. Um, everyone, go around, give one overreaction thus far of the NHL season outside of the Metro. AJ, you go first. Ooh, I don't even. You go first. Okay. Um, I'll go first. So my my take is that the Geyser plan tricked me, and I think the Red Wings are actually going to take the jump this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team. I think Ottawa and Detroit look legit this year. Last year, I kind of wrote them off in the wild card race, but. You know, for that third spot in the Atlantic, Toronto started off slow. I'm not going to say the Leafs are going to miss the playoffs, but I think that there are some good teams coming in in the Atlantic, and they're going to challenge for that third spot. Um, and I don't think they're going to blow up at the deadline, either of them. I think they're both going to try and make a good run and make in the playoffs this year, where the Sabres are faltering early. I think my take of or my overreaction is the Arizona Coyotes will make the playoffs. So far, they've looked really good this year. They've battled with us. they battled with the Devils. They they looked very they looked good against the Rangers. They beat the Blues yesterday. They've started off very hot. They have a very good goaltender. They have a very good team. Logan Cooley looks like a stud. I want to see more out of Michelli. I don't think he's gotten a point yet, and he's he got one yesterday. Yes, good. I'm a big uh, Matthias Michelli guy. I need to see him cook a little bit more. Keller, one of the best players in the league. I'm gonna say they're gonna be a playoff team. Very early overreaction. Fuck, I really don't know where I want to go with this. I think the Flames will make the playoffs. I I was very low on them, but they look pretty good. I know they played Buffalo, but yeah, real flames. I think I think uh, Winnipeg is going to be better than I was originally giving them credit for, but three. that's before Shifley and Hellebuck resigned because they could have been dealt. Anyone bad? Like any of the bad teams, you feel good about them being bad? Um, Washington, obviously. Like Washington, you know, we kind of expected them to be bad, but until it actually comes into uh, fruition, you never know with them. And right now, they're bad. They look real, <laughs> real bad. There's not been really, I mean, I guess the most surprisingly bad team so far would be the Kraken. What are the Oilers' record, though? Yeah, but you know what you're going to get out of them. They're going to bounce back. The Kraken, I'm not 100% sure about. They should be fine. They played some really good teams so far, that being the Kraken. Like, they've had a really crappy schedule, but, you know, they, they did beat Carolina. They'll bounce back. They have good players. The Oilers, I wouldn't worry about. They just have shit goaltending. Boston's really good again. Boston was always going to be good, even without Krejci or Bergeron. Yeah, good teams. We'll see how it goes once it gets closer to game, like, 45, game 50, game 60. Yeah. But early season, they they were going to blow people out. 
or at least blow people with expectations of what the Boston Bruins are going to be post-Bruins run out. No points for the brusque yet. What was the trade supposed to be? DeBrusque for Pajot? Yeah, just straight That's yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy we didn't do that. Not saying that DeBrusque isn't a good player. His contract, he's younger. Pajot is a... If we're trying to win a cup with this team, Pajot helps this team yeah, win a cup more, more than DeBrusque. More, yeah. yeah. That was always my argument. No, and, and that's a fair argument. Um, we're still struggling on with three of our wingers who are in the lineup, but hey, maybe we hit gold with Gautier or Wallstrom. But until then, like, you know, we could always use help on the wing, and at the deadline, that would be where we're going to go. But it's late. It's like 12.45 in the morning. Yes. We're not going to do the deadline. AJ, one more thing. Um, one more thing. Zach Prezi is skating, so I we didn't mention Zach. But if Zach wants to come back, he's going to be an Islander, more likely than not. Because Lou, <laughs> Lou literally said if he wants to come back, he's an Islander. So I think we might be seeing the end of Simon Holmstrom maybe end of November when Zach's ready. Let him relax. I know I haven't been the highest on bringing back Zach Prezi. Bring back Zach Prezi. You got to yeah, do it. We're three games in now. I miss him um, a lot. Fashing has been okay on the third line. But, you know, there's there's times where Pajot's looking up ice and he slings the puck to Anders Lee. And Anders Lee is so slow. Um, <laughs> so slow as molasses. And I'm just like, man, if Zach Prezi was there, that would be a breakaway. And he'd tuck it in the net. And, uh, man, I miss Zach Parise. Um I miss him a ton. If, if, if Zach asks for a key card for Northville, give him a damn key card. Yeah, he, he, he could get my, I, I'd give him an Amex card to go through that entrance. He too. could go through the <laughs> Amex entrance yeah. any day of the week. Yeah, I love Zach Parise. But, um, yeah, that's, that's where we'll wrap the pod for the yeah. night. I, you know, good episode. Thanks for making it through with us tonight. Uh, we're all happy. Bo Horvath on the score sheet. Bo Everyone's was. doing good. Uh, but, yeah, you can Bo follow Bo AJ Bruce. on Twitter at DeVito Hockey. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jake. You can follow myself on Twitter at Rat Martin. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. Not sure how you got here if you didn't find it there, but please follow us over there for updates on the pod. We might be due for a Q&A next episode. Keep posting maybe a giveaway or something. We'll, we'll be moving towards stuff. We have content planned out for the spring. Um, and we'll probably try to record after the Avalanche game, maybe Wednesday of next week, but we'll get into that as we go. Any final words here, folks, before we close out? Beat down on Buffalo. Let's go Islanders, baby. Um, Rah. So-